0: How do you stay motivated doing all this stuff?
1: I mean, I don't, I get very unmotivated. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I, I wish I could say like... Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle.
0: What's going on, guys? we got a very special guest with us today, Mr. Tim Ray from Kansas City. Tim, how are you?
1: I'm good, man, I just got it. i I'm in Kansas City, and I just, we, everyone in my office just came running by because we just got, you know how you get an Amber alert on your phone? Well, we got a tornado warning. It says, take shelter, and it's everyone's phones are going off. I've never seen a tornado in March.
0: So, so you may not be here with us for very long this morning then. Well, dude, I, I'm in a brick building, right? <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know Sa- how well that's going to hold up. But. I'm from San Diego. I don't know what that means. You're in a brick building from a, from a tornado warning. Is that that's, I'm assuming that's a good thing, right? It doesn't mean anything. Really
1: fast wind can take down anything.
0: All right. So guys, this is going to be a very exciting Asian power huddle with Tim Ray potentially going for shelter somewhere midway through the call. Uh, fun. I love it. That's exciting, Tim. <laughs> So always on our
1: always on our toes here, man.
0: Always on our toes. So, so Tim, I don't know if you've known what we've done with this uh, Agent Power Huddle. It is now on YouTube in our Facebook group. It's a podcast. This will be everywhere, and I'm excited this morning um, because we are going to go deep with Tim. We were having a discussion offline before we started about being effective versus being efficient, being effective versus being efficient, and how that ties into what Tim's doing for off-market properties what's working what's not and just overall how how are things tell give us a background so people kind of know what how are things in your market tim
1: uh things in my market are probably about the same as everyone else's market from what i understand uh no inventory i mean we're we're hovering at like zero months inventory um you know our our transactions company-wide are down about 60 percent. i saw an article that came out which was a little bit misleading it came out a couple days ago and it's like you know uh pending sales are down but they were spinning it in a way that's like the market the real estate market is is about to explode um but the interesting thing was pending sales are down because there's no nothing to go under contract so it's not that it's not that something miraculous was happening it's there's nothing to sell so of course pending transactions are down so the media is trying to skew the numbers a little bit um you know i'm excited for two days from now thursdays is generally the day that more listings hit the market in any given week and um i'm just excited to see kind of what's going to happen if spring is going to like Unveil itself like with inventory if people are going to all of a sudden like start start listing homes. We don't know. Uh, so your question was, how are things going? Well, our transactions are down, but man, we're finding uh, we're finding off market properties. We've got some unique things that we're doing in that area to create inventory. We've got some people now flipping homes. We, we work a lot of distressed seller leads. Um, but does that sound kind of like what's going on in in your market and everyone else around the country? A hundred
0: percent. So sh- show a hands. Does that sound like most of your markets right now? Raise your hand. Like, is this, are we? We're, we got
1: people from kind of all over the place.
0: Huh? Oh yeah, they're they're all over the country, coast to coast. So so that's that is exactly what Tim, um, what I've been seeing. That's why I figured I just want people to know. Like Tim is not in a special market where like they have magical things going. He is in the market just like yours is price point might be lower than some of yours and it might be higher than some of yours. It doesn't matter. It's the same low inventory as everything else. Right. So, uh, let's talk first, Tim, about being effective versus being efficient. What does that mean, being effective versus being efficient? So, sorry, man. My phone
1: is like blowing up. I'm trying to figure out how to mute my dinging on my computer. I'm not sure if it's
0: going to happen. If you, if, I'll, I'll, I'll let you try to mute it for a minute. If you guys join us late, Tim, as he was joining on, they got a, a a tornado warning in Kansas City where Tim is literally as he was jumping on the call that all the agents in his office are walking around going like, Do we need to go, they, they told him to go take shelter. But Tim is Tim is abandoning shelter to go, uh, to be on agent power huddle. That is commitment. Hey,
1: man, I don't, you know, <laughs> there's one thing that's important to me and it's closings. So uh, I'm going to, cl- we're going to close, we're going to close some deals in the middle of the tornado.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right. So, um, so let's talk, what does being efficient mean? Cause how many of you guys always say, I want to be efficient. How many of you raise your hand if you're like, I want to be efficient. Cause we had an interesting discussion of being efficient versus being effective. And I'd never th- thought of framing it up this way. So, what what does being efficient mean to you, Tim? Well, so w-
1: what's interesting is I had a conversation probably an hour before you and I talked uh, this morning, and I've spent so much time cross-training staff or, you know, working with staff from the different divisions or different companies that I have to be really, really efficient, right? And one of my one of my uh, very key people in 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 the real estate company. Uh, I won't say this person's name, but got like upset at me one time because I said, we need to be more efficient. And there was some frustration and irritation on this person's part because they feel like they're very, very efficient. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like you are, you're very efficient, but there's always inefficiency, and it could be caused from outside sources or other people, right? So for for a couple of years now, my focus has been on increasing efficiencies across the board such that we are effective. But what I was missing was that how much distraction comes into play in my life when I'm trying to be efficient. And and, and the cost of it, the cost of it is effectiveness. So the conversation I had this morning with uh, one of our buddies, one of our mutual buddies was a little bit uh just scratching the surface of the difference between efficiency and effectiveness and i don't know jesse that i can give you the definition of those other than that it was kind of like a mind shift for me was it, it it's costing the effectiveness um and it plays out in the area of like recruiting agents recruiting staff things like that like one of the examples that um I, I use is I throw everything at the wall for like six months. I buy a lead source or I hire somebody. Uh, I I put everything into this person to be effective. So I hired a recruiter a couple of weeks ago, and a medical thing came up. But when I hired this person, it was like, man, I just hit the lottery. I stopped all of my recruiting efforts, to, my my efforts to recruit a recruiter, right? To find someone to help me recruit agents. I stopped everything because I found it. I found the person. And now i was going to put all my energy into efficiency to get this guy going. He hurts his knee, blows his knee out. Can't work. So now I have no recruiting marketing going for recruiters. And I, I was at a stop still. Well, the difference to me would be being effective means that we have enough systems and enough people in place that we don't miss a beat. So does that make sense?
0: It, it, it does. And, and I think from, from what you were saying earlier, it also has a little bit to do with, um, if, are you looking at the tasks and things you're doing on a regular basis? And are they things that, are you doing them like, in a way where you're just your goals to be efficient and get them done? Or are you really looking at the results they're producing, which is more important than how efficiently you can do something anyway?
1: Yeah, I I would, I would equate it to this. If I had to dumb it down, I would say, man, for years, we spent time focusing on make 20 phone calls, have 20 conversations. I don't know, right? The result of the conversations was never the topic. It was do the task, be efficient, make phone calls, have conversations. But what I was leaving out and what I think many people were leaving out was like, what are we having 20 conversations for? It's to have the it's to be effective in closing deals. So then the, the task became, don't necessarily be efficient at having conversations because that doesn't put money in the bank. Now, I mean, it could. There's one conversation that said it could. But if your job is have 20 conversations, that's very different than if your job is set appointments as a result of those conversations.
0: It totally makes sense. And so let's talk about changing your focus because you guys, you guys are doing a lot to find off market properties. And you easily yeah. could have said, this is a crappy market. I'm gonna take the next six months off. I'm not gonna do anything. And some of the stuff you're doing is working, some is not working and that's okay. W- what caused you to try out all these things instead of just putting your hands up and saying, forget it.
1: Well, so uh, I have, most of, my, most of my real estate career, I would say that I've stayed ahead of the ball. Now, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know exactly what that means to stay ahead of the ball. But in 05, I was doing short sales and nobody else was. So, But I knew it was coming. I knew this was a problem. Um, Got into REO when when things were about to uncrumble. And that's where you and I met. And I'm sorry, I cannot get my thing to mute. Um, But I generally carry 105 listings. Generally means before COVID, right? remember that time we all can we all remember back then before COVID? so when when COVID hit it impacted my business personally um and corporately pretty drastically and i think it did a lot of people's business and my listing count went from an average of 105 down to you know whatever it's at like 20 listings listings are king. Right. And I know that, and that's not necessarily something, some huge awareness that keeps me ahead of the ball. It's like listings is how I've made money. And if I don't have listings, I have to create listings. Well, so what do we do? And I I know a lot of agents that, and rightfully so, like it can be painful right now. Like there's not a lot of people that are raising their hand to sell, or the ones that are raising their hand are raising their hand. And they're saying, I I want a home evaluation, but they're not going to sell. So, my my focus very very quickly became almost in concentration mode fashion like you heard the corporate the corporate word concentration mode is like where you put all your efforts into one thing and we put all of our efforts into one thing which was we had a board meeting essentially we sat around a few of us from the company the ones that you know the key players and the ones that um are the movers and the shakers here and we're like what how many ways can we get inventory and we just did a mastermind around it basically. And then we started doing stuff. We sent out mailers, then we started following up behind mailers. Um, but it was basically an effort to stay on top of the market and, and make money right. To be the agents that, and I know we're going to lose a lot of agents. We already have lost a lot of agents um, in, in the, in the country just dropping off because you know, if you're going to do real estate the traditional way, you're not going to make it right now. You're just not like you. You're just not like all the leads are different. The results of the leads are different. The uh, the stuff that we're buying, you know, we're we're showing, you know, like I wouldn't personally want to put a person in, a buyer in my car because. I know what the result of that is going to be 20 offers and whatever. Right. So. My focus has always been listings, and we just are doing everything we can to get listings. Uh, some really kind of tricky things too. We can talk about that if you want.
0: I, I want to talk about the board you have of off-market inventory. Let's talk about the ISAs you hired. What happen there? Let's talk about some of the the, the outreach to out uh, to to. Um, the outreach to these all, I want to focus a little bit of time on that because I think it's it's interesting. We had Lonnie uh, Fisher was on here last week talking. She showed us her off-market board. I'm seeing mm-hmm. this theme with agents around the country that are really trying to generate their own inventory, right? Because mm-hmm. if you have buyers you're putting in your car, what better to sell them? I've heard this happen multiple times been said on different calls now. What better to sell them than something that no one else knows about? That's, all, that's off-market, but there's no competition, right? That, that's the, the best thing to, to sell them is like, oh, I know someone wants to sell. Yeah, they haven't hit the market yet. Isn't that a great property? So, how did you create this board, and what do you what do you rank with this, on this board, Tim?
1: Well, so we just have a spreadsheet. We just have a Google Doc that's okay. shared with uh, everyone. So I have a team, and then we have, have the brokerage, and it's kind of shared. Different things are shared with different people. Um, but you know, I've worked with stress seller leads for years and years and years. And and four years ago, we could list twenty houses a month from one lead source, and now now we can't. So I still work all the same lead sources. We're still getting, you know, people raising their hand, but the, the conversation has always been for me, the, the conversation has always been, you know, I'm a solution provider. So the first thing that we did was we got all of our agents in tune to the fact that we did, I'm an investor. We have investors in the company maybe you're an investor. So the con- the first step was to have the conversation be changed probably from, I'm an agent that I'm calling to inquire about listing your house to, I'm a person who can hopefully provide a solution to your situation. Uh, I'm an investor, I know investors. I also have a real estate license. So I have to you know, honor the code of ethics that I, whatever the code of ethics thing is that we sign and say like, you can't cheat people, right? So you know, it's really good that you're on the phone with me because I have a solution for you, but tell me what your situation is. So getting our agents to have that conversation creates more opportunities, right? Then what do you do with the opportunity? Well, man, I just talked to somebody, they're they're not gonna list their home. They would be open to a cash offer or uh, they don't want a cash offer, but they would be open to selling it if the right buyer came. So knowing, the information outside of the conversation goes onto our spreadsheet with different numbers and algorithms. So we know like how serious they are. So the first thing was have the conversation with the agents to have them be proficient in contacting, um, sellers. And I mean, I I've seen on, like I have, we have a a buddy that said he sold my buddy Ed Lane said he sold a hundred and like four homes in 2020 that were all off market. And so it got me. and then and Tristan, right? He's like 31% of our transactions last year were off-market properties. Like it's a very real conversation. And we're all having conversations. We're all talking to people that fit this bill, but then we're not moving that data or that information somewhere else, most likely, and sharing it collectively. So that's it, man. I mean, we're you know, we're the the ISAs that we've hired, you got to remember that the the this conversation is is business to consumer it's not business to business so it's not a hard it's not you know when someone calls and they're trying to sell you leads and stuff it's not that type of conversation it's it's business to consumer having the authentic conversation so getting the the isas to have this conversation has been very very tricky because most of the people that i've hired i have hired three in the last two weeks um and they're very they're very much able to have that forceful get you to respond get you to buy something conversation but getting people to have this this authentic genuine raw conversation about i'm a solutions provider is very difficult to train i found i'd love people's advice on if you've had any success with at that
0: Well, I think that's one of the cool things about for the agents on this call that are listening because you guys are are not ISAs. I mean, maybe there's some of you with ISAs on here, but most of you are agents yourselves. I feel like it's easier for you to have that conversation because it's where you come from being a solution provider. And it's that switch of the mindset where you are all looking to provide solutions. And, and I'm assuming, Tim, these are super easy phone calls where like every person you talk to says, yeah, I want to sell my house. Like every time you talk to someone, they're like, yep, I'm going to sell and you get a new listing. Every single one, right?
1: No, man. No. I mean- no,
0: it's it's a joke.
1: In, I'm in, in fact, in fact, fewer than having the same conversation two years ago. I mean, there's right, but it's it's but everyone's receptive to a conversation. But, um, but that's the
0: thing. It's but setting expectations, guys. In the market we are in with lower inventory, you have to do things that other agents are not willing to do to create opportunities for yourself. I mean, that's what I hear your team doing, Tim. You're still carrying. I mean, yes, it's significantly less than you used to carry, but you're still carrying twenty plus listings in a market with very little inventory. It's impressive, right? So, so you're, you're you're shifting your focus to doing these things. Um, if, if is everyone in the call, think about what your activities are that you're doing. Are you creating conversations that you can have, looking for opportunity and, and to provide solutions? And are you just are you guys having your your ISAs, Tim and people? You know, cold call. Do you have lists of people? Do you have sources that you're buying from still, or is it all of the above?
1: It's all it's all of it. I mean, we I use I use Commissions Inc. Um, and we do have some seller, you know, PPC seller leads. Those aren't very, they're not real good quality, but again, it's a conversation. Um, and lots of off-market stuff, lots of mailers, um, we're doing some social media stuff. We got a couple of girls that are just doing, you know, um, one, Lindsay has been staging her home to sell for about three weeks. And she's already picked up a couple of sellers. One, I think, has a sign in the yard in the last three weeks, just from doing like, hey, I'm getting my house ready to sell. I can't even think of all the different things we're doing, but not all of them are working, Jesse, right? But it's like, what? here's, here's what you do. You look at what other agents are doing and you just do more or different than them. And if they're complaining that they don't have business, look at what they're doing and do something different. You're muted.
0: I love that you're transparent, Tim, that like, of course, they're not all going to work, guys. Not everything you're going to attempt is going to work. It's a matter of just continuing to put effort out there until you figure out what works and then going deeper on that. Um, you told me, Tim, you recently, you you bought four houses to flip just to create inventory. Tell me about yeah. that.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I mean, one way to get inventory is to sell your own houses. So if you don't have houses to sell, you can buy them and then all of a sudden you have houses to sell. Um, so we did that, we just literally bought, cause you know, in this conversation that our agents are having or that I'm having, myself even or our ISAs are having, it's like, no, I don't want to list my house. I don't want people coming through my house. Uh, I understand we can sell it for, you know, $30,000 more if I list it, but I just don't want to do that. Now that's a, that's kind of like a uniform I mean, it's a It's a rare situation, but I did four of those in the last four months, four or five months where the sellers are like, yeah, man, give me 150,000. I'm like, it's worth 200. Like, I know, but I just need out of it. Like, okay, and then disclose your, disclose everything. You know, I'm an investor, I'm a real estate agent, I'm buying to make a profit. You could sell it for more, here's comps, like all of that stuff, buy it for 150, list it. Now you create an inventory and you make money at the same time. Um, and that's and that's what I, like, you guys, we're all we're all investors. We're all entrepreneurs if you don't have money, call Jesse, he'll find some for you. You know, like we're all buyers just have the conversation that um, have the conversation that is a solution provided scenario for, for, for the seller.
0: Yeah. And let's give some real strategy here. And I don't know how many calls you're making these days yourself. I know over the years you've made plenty. What are the types of questions you are asking people to get them to open up, to go to a, to have this you know, conversation where you can provide a solution because I'm assuming well, it, you, you don't, most people aren't it, just telling you their life story immediately. So what, what are you asking them? Well, it depends
1: on where you got their information. Um, most of this, most of the, I, 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 I wrote this script. It's called the Columbo script. Do you remember Columbo, mm-hmm. Jesse? Oh yeah. Lots of people don't like I have all these agents that don't even know who Columbo is. Um, and I don't. If you don't know who Columbo is, Google. But the Colombo script is—it's simply this. It's like, hey Jesse, this is Tim. Uh, man, I don't even know where I got your info. I probably didn't keep good notes. But I don't know if you have a home to sell or if you're looking for a home, Jesse. Tell me your situation. Uh, that's it. And then and then it just opens it. up this. It just opens up this whole conversation. That's the best script in the world that I've used. It. Uh, I don't, I don't, I was on a, I was on with uh, our, our buddy, Kevin Markarian and another ISA that we were hiring. I was coaching him through this conversation. And um, it's, I, I think that when you get on the phone with somebody and someone says, who is this? They're not asking you to tell them everything about you. They want to know what gives you the authority to take their time. So when I call Another script that I use is, Hey, Jesse, this is Tim. Is your home on third street still available? And Jesse, you're going to be like, who is this? I don't know you. Are you my friend? When you say, who is this? I'm not going to say I'm Tim Ray with XYZ real estate company. I'm a real estate agent. I'm going to say it's Tim. I can't remember if we spoke before this might be our first conversation. Do you have a home for sale? That's it, man. And and so I'm not disguising the fact that I'm an agent. I'm just, Aware that that's not what they're asking. They're just asking, who who am I that's going to be on the phone with them for a minute? And I say I'm Tim. Then later in the conversation, I'm like, look, man, it's great that we're chatting because I'm an investor. I work with investors. I'm also a real estate agent, and I just want to see what your situation is so that I might be able to provide a solution for you. That's it. That's the best script. That's the best script in the world.
0: I love it. And and in terms of a uh, few more minutes, in terms of lead sources, because obviously you can just, you know, you could geographic farm, call an area. Are there any sources that you're buying that you, that you like that are working? I know you used to do a lot with Z buyer. Are there- I love Z buyer.
1: I love Z buyer. Um, okay. Let's see. Yep. Yeah, Z buyer, home light. I, I, I look, I know there's there's people have opinions about the referral based companies. Like OpCity and Home Light, I don't care. Like I want to close the transactions, I want to impact people's lives, I want to put money in the bank. I don't care if I pay a referral fee. So I get those things. I get Home Light, uh, Agent Pronto, we got one today. Um, man, I don't even have my list open. Uh, like I said before, PPC leads. We we have uh, we send mailers out. We send a, about every two months. We'll send a bunch of mailers out, and then that is just a reason to have a conversation or make another phone call. So then we'll skip trace and we'll get their data and then we'll call them. And so just follow up on the, on the mailer. or um, what if I miss? I know I'm missing some. I have quite a few, Jesse. Uh, I don't even have it in front of me. Now. I'm sorry. Oh, that's I'm right. very just, transparent. Like I just can't think of them.
0: Yeah. I, I was just curious if anything had changed in your list. I mean, again, the theme is guys, he's working so Many different sources. All right. So uh, Andy's asking, how do the mailers work, and how does, and how do you skip trace? So what's what's the general concept on the mailers? Um, we can we can post one in the group later. But w- what's the uh, what's the call to action, or what are you saying in your mailers? Um,
1: okay. So who we use for the mailers, I don't know because that's not my responsibility in that part. Uh, and also who we skip trace through, I also don't know. I think it's Skip Gene, but I'm not sure. The mailer, we've we've tried a few. The one that seems to get a, a pretty good response, by that I mean about a 4% response rate within the first week, uh, sending certified, is it's actually a girl from San Diego with uh, a picture of her boyfriend and her kid. And uh, it says, Hey, we like the Overland Park market. Uh, we're, we're thinking about buying a home in Overland Park. We love the chicken and pickle, which is kind of like pickleball, right? It's a big deal out here. Um, and just some key points, bike riding or whatever. And we just are wondering if you would be interested in selling your home. So it's not, I'm an investor. All it is, is to get people to make contact. And then the same girl answers the phone. Um, if she can if not, it rolls over to somebody else. And that one's worked pretty good. And that's a 4% response rate. Then we'll hit him again in about two months. But the key is, you know, we've heard this a hundred times. It's kind of cliche. It's like. The key is in the follow up, right? You can do anything you want, but if you're not following up and following up and following up, you're not gonna get the same results. So to maximize your results, it's like, just do anything and then follow up on it.
0: Are you following up via call, text, yeah. email, all of the all above? Of all of it. I,
1: I, I really believe that human contact is just so important. I mean, and that's always been my thing is like, I don't, if you, if you haven't made a phone call and made contact in a month, we take your leads back. That's what we do. I know the texts are good. I know the emails are good. I want a phone call. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's how I do it. Um, So we do all of those Jesse, but we emphasize a phone call. And you know what? Speaking of that, we actually have got, we, we tested this. Um, it's hard to test anything though in this economy and market compared to like last year or two years ago because nothing's really the same. So it's really hard to say what's equal. But we have about half of our, half of our agents that are on one, one team that I'm talking about mostly. Every Friday, they make a phone call to every single buyer that, that they're working with that's not under contract as opposed to just letting the MLS campaigns hit them with new properties, they make a phone call. And about 7% of the buyers that are working with agents that are making phone calls every Friday to them, just to keep them warm and be in contact with them and give them this human touch, about 7% of those buyers are coming off market, meaning they're like, hey, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait till the market heats up or like whatever happens. So I'm gonna time out, right? 7%, 28% of buyers that are just getting these campaigns that are not getting, that are getting listings fed to them that are not getting this phone call every Friday from their agent, 28% are coming off market. So we're keeping more buyers warm longer and it takes about 10 minutes to call all, all 20 of your buyers because you're not gonna get them all, but leave them a voicemail. I thought that was really interesting. And it just it just speaks to like, be a freaking human, man.
0: Uh, that is really interesting, the statistics, because I think a lot of people here, raise your hand, if, and we got like one minute left, Tim, we'll pull it all together. Is anyone nervous about calling a client that like, there isn't much to talk about with them? There isn't much going on, right? You're just like, oh, I don't know, right? Call them, stay in contact. You worked really hard to get them there. Just staying in contact makes a big difference. Um, Andy, I'm looking back at these questions to see if there's anything here to answer. I'm not sure what price points. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll have to connect you guys offline. We could connect offline to, to answer some of these that I'm not sure. Um, we'll go deeper, Andy. I'll, I'll message you. Uh, oh, what's up, Andy? I've talked to Andy before. How are you? Yeah. Guys? All right, guys. So so that's a last, last minute, Tim, one minute left. Any advice you want to leave? I mean, obviously, nothing you talked about is like, oh, this is easy. Just do this. But give anything you want to leave with in terms of how do you, how do you stay motivated doing all this stuff?
1: I do. I mean, I don't, I get very unmotivated. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I, I wish I could say like, I just remember when my daughter, Gracie, you met her, she's 19, she's in college. Um, and I've been in real estate 25 years, but I remember I was, I was full time when she was, um, one, one year old or under one or something. Right. And I went into real estate full time. And like my commitment to her as a baby, even though she couldn't understand it, and her mom was not working and staying at home. My commitment to my daughter, my commitment to my wife and my other daughter was like, I'm going to make this work. And that's always been the case. Like, I don't have a choice. Now, as as, as I grow my business and I've, I've done, I've done really phenomenal things in real estate. It's very easy to get complacent and you need somebody to slap you upside the head, it's like, dude, you're getting complacent. Like, You're not a big deal, really, right? Like, You have to make this work. And now, more importantly than ever, is I have agents that I have to help motivate and keep going. And it's like, it's not just me and my kid anymore, right? And my wife, it's like, it's a whole bunch of people that I I hope I can instill enough you know, and, and these younger guys, right? You get all these younger guys, like the work ethic is like terrible. And it's like, how how do you how do you motivate somebody that doesn't want to even work? But I well, think I think
0: that's, I think you, that's I think the, the task we take it on, on. But you hit the nail on the head, you just make it work, guys. That's it, right? It's okay if you feel moments of being unmotivated. When you feel motivated, you jump in. When you're not motivated, you do what you need to do to get consistent action going anyway. You just make it work. You got a lot of ideas here. Andy, I'll hit you up offline. Everybody else, guys, Tim, thank you for being here.
1: Hey, man, cool. I love this group. Anytime, buddy.
0: Really? I I appreciate
1: it. If if you guys have, hey, Craig, how are you, buddy? If you guys have any questions or want to hit me up, uh, I'm easy to find.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys.